What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Scrimmers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my two co-hosts, Michael Nowen and Vito Anazelli. We have another great show for you. Before that, please take a moment, hit the bell, and subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also, give us a follow on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod. Let's hop right into the show, boys. We got some news and notes from around the world. First off, congrats to Sadio Mane and Mendy on winning the AFCON Cup. Uh, penalties, a nil-nil draw against Egypt. Uh, yeah, shout out to them. Good for them. I mean, they've been gone for what, a month of their club already. Mm-hmm. About yeah. That now. Yeah. Do you think when they play again, World Cup qualifiers, you think Egypt gets the revenge game? Or do you think Senegal? I mean, personally, I think Senegal is a more complete team, but a pissed off Mo Salah coming in? I, I don't know. <laughs> I think Senegal too strong, personally. I think they were favorites for that and, and, and the World Cup qualifying. Although I think if you ask Senegal right now which match they'd rather win, it'd be a tough decision for them at this point. <laughs> agreed, agreed. It doesn't, like, AFCON, uh, when you win that, though, doesn't have anything to do with the World Cup qualifying at all? No, and it's kind of annoying. Seem, like I, I feel like any team that wins their major continental trophy should automatically be placed into the... A thousand, per, a thousand percent. Like it's kind of I, don't so, I don't see why you wouldn't because it's... Well, if they decide to expand the formatting for the World Cup, I'd imagine that'd be a talking point. That could be, yeah. I mean, it'd be weird though. Like the, I mean, the winner of the imagine like the Gold Cup goes automatically. I feel, I feel like that'd be kind of weak. Wasn't the Gold Cup the winner of that playing, um, like the champion of like, oh well, maybe they should set it up to play the champion of Afcon or play the champion of like the Asia I Pacific. I think it's Oceania, right? Oceania. Yeah. I would love to play, see an Afcon game, like USA versus Senegal in Senegal. Or something like that. Smoked. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, that would draw some crazy numbers. Yeah, I don't know if it's still the same way, right? Isn't it the two, the winner of the Gold Cup, both of them goes, they face off, or if it's the same team, they just go automatically to the, to the uh, Confederations Cup. If that's still being a thing, I don't know if it is anymore. I I believe that's how it's supposed to be. I believe so. Yeah. In all honesty, they just need to combine the Gold Cup and Conan Ball and just make it one big America's yeah. tournament. That's what they really should do. <laughs> we were saying uh, recently, it was Steve that you were mentioning that, that um, South American teams are now being invited to the Euros or something like that. That was a while back. Yeah, it was, right? like, it was like, apparently talked about at one point. I'm like, you got to be, you gotta be yeah. kidding. Like, really? Euros plus, in parentheses, plus South America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which that one made sense. <laughs> I like the, um when we had, what was it? Uh What's the South American one? The Centenario? What, what was it? Centenario. They Copa had the America? The, so- South, the South American, uh, like, Continental Cup. What are they? Do? Oh, but the 100-year one? This, yeah, like, I know what you're talking about. Because, like, the U.S. was in that one. That was actually a really cool tournament to watch, though. Yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoyed that one. That would, that would be something, you know, both Americas have one like that. I'd be all right with it. Next up, uh, Man U, been in a crap ton of headlines lately. This one's not any better. They have the biggest spending deficit over the last decade, comes into over $1 billion. Over that time, though, they have one Premier League title, one FA Cup, one Carabao, and one Europa League, but nothing in the last five years. So all of that was basically 2016 or previously, 2017 maybe? Yeah, I don't know uh, if that's even counts for those trophies considering the last one won for the title was by Sir Alex Ferguson in 2012. So I think the trophies are meaningless at this point. Honestly, I'm surprised that it's not like a PSG or a Man City who holds that title, to be honest. That's very surprising and worrying. If I was so it, it, it was net only. It was deficit, oh, it was net. yes. Net. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like not necessarily speaking, just spend. Okay. I think technically speaking, Chelsea ended up spending more money than them overall, even though they were much lower the table, like maybe like ninth, tenth or something like, like that. But obviously Chelsea have mastered the art of selling players, unlike United. Or these they, 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 they prefer to sell at a loss yeah. <laughs> or just let me go even, for free yeah. or, or, or buy at an all-time high yeah exactly <laughs> well i think what's even more surprising than united finishing at the top there is the fact that real madrid didn't even crack the top 20 really they weren't even on the list their net spend was lower than like the eight or nine ten premier league clubs that are on there that don't even go to the champions league before like the last couple of years though, they did some really, really good business for a while though. Yeah, they they recouped a lot on Hamas. So I it, that that one's a little I'm not surprised by it, but if you did the last five years, I would put them they had to be top ten. 
Yeah. They had a lot of people, they had a lot of people come through the Academy route also for them in particular. Rodrigo, they got young. Uh, Vinicius, they got young. Benzema's been there Asen- for over a decade. Asensio yeah. came through the decade. Valverde came through. They the sold Ronaldo academy. for hundred mil. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes but sense. Do this again next year. We'll do this. Let's do this exact podcast uh, on two eight twenty twenty three, and let's see what the cost of Mbappe and Holland does to that chart for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're saving up for. They were planning for it. Yeah, <laughs> years in the making. <laughs> well. If we move on to their rivals, actually, they did just get a sponsorship deal. Barcelona struck a deal with Spotify for $280 million for pretty much the rights to almost everything Barcelona. Um, it might be called the Spotify New, the Camp Spotify very soon. We don't really know. Potential Camp name Spot. change. <laughs> they needed a new place for Joe Rogan to do his podcast. Ooh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not trying uh, to get canceled. It's a good idea. It's a good idea for uh, – for Spotify and Barcelona, obviously they desperately need the cash. And if you're going to spend that amount of money on naming rights, there's only a couple of stadiums or a couple of clubs in the world that you would be willing to do that on. And Barcelona is obviously one of them, regardless of the form they're in. Yeah. I was wondering how they had the money to be able to buy Fernand Torres, get Albana free transfer, bring they in a child. Yeah. I was like, where, where the hell is this coming from? Given their issues. Yeah. <laughs> they <couldn't> sign Messi. <laughs> And this is it. This is the ace up the up the sleeve. <laughs> Arsenal fans must be absolutely crying right now, knowing that know. Elk could have bought the club and spent that money on players. Instead, he just gave it to Barcelona. <laughs> I know, and they get Stan Kroenke. They get to watch Stan Kroenke and the Rams play in the Super Bowl instead. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really care about that one. Kroenke's probably like, what the hell is an Arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> we need more of an Arsenal for Stafford, damn it. <laughs> Well, he did get that this offseason. That's why he's there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that pretty much wraps up news and notes. If we want to get into uh, the USA and what happened, we didn't cover the last game. Right before that, we had the Honduras game. Uh, convincing 3-0 win, improved their chance of qualifying automatically greatly, in my opinion. Um, we had Wes open it up with a header in the eighth minute. Zimmerman had a little scramble in the box he tucked away. Mm-hmm. And Pulisic came in with the super sub goal in the 67th. The U.S. hadn't scored off a set piece in all, to my knowledge, in any qualifying match. That was so the far. first one. Yeah, and they first. had like three in the same game. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was all off a set piece. All, yeah. One was directly, and then you had like yeah. scramble, which is basically right off it, and then same with the Pulisic goal as well. Yeah, it was all off a set piece. Yeah. but I'll be yeah. honest. Before we go into the game itself, the fact that United States Soccer Federation thinks that they can outsmart play, like the other teams. I think they almost played themselves in that game. Minus like, what, fifteen cold. degrees? The what coldest the hell, game ever on what record. The he- what the hell are they thinking for them? In middle of Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> like there was a video that circulated online. I think it was like the Mexican broadcasters on Telemundo or the Spanish broadcasters on Telemundo literally put water on a white T-shirt on a hanger. Two minutes later, that, yeah. it was frozen. frozen. <laughs> Solid. What are they doing, dude? The funny pre-match too. They the, uh, they were talking about it that um, Honduras had got there about twenty four hours earlier and and went outside and were like, they had to go to the right? train before the game today. <laughs> fuck that! <laughs> like fuck that! And they didn't they didn't practice. They didn't, were just like we're just gonna go play the game, whatever. <laughs> Didn't go, didn't they go to Dick Sporting Goods and have to get like winter clothes? I, I thought I heard that somewhere. I don't know how true the, the, it was. Dick Sporting, wow. yeah, Dick Sporting Goods across the street from the stadium, um, got like an entire catalog of equipment together for them, including like hand warming <laughs> packs that quarterbacks in the NFL and Green Bay use and shit like that. So that they put them in their cleats, bro. Keep those and feet warm. <laughs> what was it about 45 seconds into the match, two minutes into the match? The referee looks at uh Turner and is like, Can't have that on, dude. He's like, Fuck, and he threw it away. <laughs> Oh, my God. It, that was brutal. I mean, do you talk about Qatar and the World Cup not being able to play matches there because of the heat? I mean, yeah. that's the exact, no pun intended, polar opposite of that. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's crazy that we played a match in, in negative 15-degree weather. Yeah, it's no not a home – like, dude, it's not a home field advantage at that point. Like, you're t- – like, no. I, I don't care where you come from. It could be the Caribbean, Africa, Euro. It doesn't matter yeah. unless you're from, like – literally like shirtless in Russia when it's negative 40, like you don't Siberia. Like, yeah. Like you're not built for that. Like nobody is. <laughs> that was colder than the match they played in Canada and Edmonton, Canada. Yeah, Canada's that's... out of their element in the United States of Minnesota. Okay. That's when we played them. <laughs> Canada's like, damn it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's going on here? Um, you know, I, I agree with you though, Mike, that, that, Home field advantage, like if it was like 20 degrees out, maybe like a little bit of snow or something like that, like, okay, 
But like when you get to that point, that's just ridiculous, man. Like, yeah. Imagine kicking that ball. That no, had to be a imagine, imagine heading the ball. I felt bad whenever I saw somebody go up for a header and just literally like you're getting pelted from like 10 yards trying to block a shot. You know how much that would probably hurt? Dude, I you thought the ball was gonna break when it hit him. <laughs> like, I thought the player was gonna break when it hit him. To be I don't know if he felt it. I think they were reporting um hypothermia in several players for Honduras after the match. Two of they them, were. two of them subbed out, I think, ha- at halftime because of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean it's Come on, really? I mean, imagine what the opposite of that in Qatar will be, right? You're going to have players almost having a heat stroke potentially, and you might have like that same. Scenario. I thought every like state had to, be, had to have air conditioning. I thought that was one of the only ways Maybe. they got they got the bids. Uh, who the fuck knows, man? I mean, I'm I'm, 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 I'm almost I'm almost positive they had to have that, otherwise they weren't getting because like it could be what up to 100, 115 20, or something like that. Yeah, 150. Well, they're doing it. They're not doing it in the summer. They're doing it in December now. So it's not, the temperatures aren't to that level. I think the highs are going to be like in the nineties. So it's still going to be blistering hot, but it's not going to be. I mean, yeah, you'll still need hydration breaks and everything. Yeah. I, I don't know. My, like, I understand the reasoning to give it to Minnesota. I mean, they just opened up that new, that new MLS club there, that new stadium and everything else. But there are games that happen during, the summer or fall months that are much more well equipped equipped yes. to go up to Minnesota. If yes. you want to give if you want to give places in the country that type of game, give it to them in a, in a time of year where they can actually play and people can go watch. Because yeah, I bet there's uh, there was tons of families and kids at home that wanted to go to that match, but the parents probably sat home being responsible, going, "Yeah, we don't want to freeze to death, so we're going to pass on that one." Thousand percent. It is a newer stadium though, right? Like I'm shocked. It's, brand, it's, brand, it's brand new. new. It's, it's brand new. Why wouldn't they have a retractable roof? That makes no sense. Because it's Minnesota and the MLS season's not in the winter. Yeah. So, perfect example of why they should have had one. Yeah, we're 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 on fire. We really know our <laughs> soccer over here. Well, we do. Uh, yeah. So, the, moving on to the next couple of games, we have away or in order. We got away at Mexico, home against Panama, and then away at Costa Rica. Three not easy games by any means. If we were, if we had a couple less points, I'd actually be very nervous about us qualifying. Yeah, I think the game against Costa Rica is probably going to be a win. I know we haven't won there in a very long time, but the Costa Rican team is old and decrepit, and I just don't think they're on a runner right now. I I just I don't know. I feel like a young, energetic U.S. team is going to run them over. Realistically, um, I don't want to go in there needing points, though. I would agree. I, I want to settle before that because if we go in there needing points and Costa Rica is still mathematically alive, that is an absolute it's a shit show, danger of zone to be in. Yeah. Yeah, the fact of the matter is, historically, the United States have had terrible, terrible failures in Costa Rica. We they don't win games when they go away to Costa Rica very often. Like, I, I don't they, think they, they rarely do. Very rarely. I mean, if you look at any other any of the other teams outside of Canada that are in those that real tight battle, obviously, I think the United States probably has the toughest lineup to make qualifications given the last round of windows. So I think Mexico is going to be the telltale sign. I mean. Obviously, you hope they're going to pick up all three points, but can you can you go to the Azteca and do that? You know, if they're going to have fans in the Azteca, are they still banned? I given think the chance they the had Mexican population would overrun the barriers if they told them no. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's going to be a yeah. lot of laser pointers in that first game back. Um, yeah, we need six points to qualify automatically if I did my math, and or drop points by Costa Rica. So, in my opinion. Best case scenario, I I would think would be away at Mexico. A point would be solid. Three at home to Panama would be pretty necessary. And then if we only needed a point, I guess at Costa Rica, or hopefully by then they don't, um, or we're in already. Costa Rica has to go to Canada to play their first game. That's going to be terrible for them. Yeah. Then they have El Salvador, which I'm I'm you pretty much kind of got to chalk up as a win, I think, at this point. But don't obviously can't. But um, if Canada can at least take points off Costa Rica, if not beat them, we get a few before that. Well, we should be okay. Um, I don't know how many how many points is Panama behind uh, us in Mexico? Is it four? Yes, four points. Okay, and top three automatically qualify. Yeah, I mean, listen, we beat them. I I think we're I think we're I think we're good. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, I think regardless of the other results, we beat Panama. We're probably fine. So. Should be interesting. I think we should do it. We set ourselves up good. Like I said, if we had a couple less points, though, I'd actually be very. Hey. I'd feel un, I'd feel very uneasy about going into this last window. 
Yeah. I want to be confident, but you know, the last time the U S set themselves up for winning, you're in, it did not play out well. So hopefully disastrous, team, I dare say, hopefully this team learned from previous mistakes. It's okay. Trinidad's not in it guys. We're good. Uh, we had a couple of good USA performances from the week from guys, some guys over in Europe. PFOC had a brace and a three, three draw. It was three, one when he left the game though. Um, G arena finally back in action. They did end up losing pretty badly, but just a good, see him on the sidelines. He was out what four or five months with that hamstring injury. I think. Yeah. yeah. A while, a while time, pretty long time. And then, uh, a name we really haven't talked about too much on the podcast. He doesn't really have like goals, assists and stuff like that, but he's been playing his ass off over for Celtic Cameron Carter Vickers, um, on foot mob. He hasn't had a, a rating below 7.3 since late November. I don't know how much more consistent you can possibly get, but that is like the definition of it for a position that is relatively up in the air kind of for the national team, I would say. I think he deserves a call up, but I don't think he'll get one given how late it is in the cycle. Mm -hmm. um, I think at this point, Burhalter is sticking with his guns and I feel like that's unfortunately going to be the same as much as I'd love to see P folk come in. Cause I think he brings a much needed dimension to the U.S. striking options that we don't have today, um, I think it'll probably be the same result for him as well. And they'll just say, hey, we're going to qualify, and then maybe for some of those friendly games right before the World Cup, we'll give you a run and play and whatnot. But I don't see, unfortunately, either of them getting in. I think the team is set at this point. I, I think you're 100% right, and I think it's the correct call on top of that too. I, I, regardless of how well you're playing, you're on three matches to determine whether or not you're going to be playing in December. Um, we're going to have plenty of friendlies enough in between. Time between yeah. them than I would think. Exactly. So I, I I don't think that he's being ignored. I just think it's a matter of knowing who your personnel is, knowing how they, they gel with the team already. But he will 100% get his opportunity after the World Cup qualifiers are done. So uh, I think PFO should definitely have an opportunity to make, make the World Cup roster, in my opinion. Agreed. He's, he's, a more he's a more technical Zardas, a more physical Pepe, and he can hold the ball up. Plus, our number nine spot is terrible right now. Like, we don't have anybody. Like, the fact that he's no. not getting called in kind of scares me. Yeah, I would agree. Out of curiosity, you know, given Reyna is obviously coming back from injury right now, and he looked okay. He didn't look obviously up to full percent, hundred percent speed, and how the performance of Luca Del Torre had against Honduras this past cycle. You know, if you could pick one or the other for the next three games, who would you be taking in? Del Torre. For the next three matches in March. The next three matches. Much yeah. much easier. Forget about Linget at Linjet and then just freaking take Arena. That, that's that's the simple way to do it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's but not I, a difficult choice there. Paul Ariola, see you later. Take Reina. But yeah. if you're going like for like like that, it's tough because don't forget we we've, we've been implementing uh, way on the on the right wing, uh, white yeah. right wing. Wow, can't talk. Um, and then Way has been absolutely murdering it out there lately. So like, it's not even guaranteed comes back into starting because you have Musa, McKenna, and Adams. Mm -hmm. To me, that's our best midfield three right there. Yeah, without a doubt. Like, that's an engine. So, Reyna's best spot is either going to be at a false nine position for us or a right wing. Yeah. I will I will say, though, um, I meant to bring this up earlier, but in that game to Honduras, um, fair play to Acosta, Acosta as well. He played a fantastic game through the middle while, while Adams was out. He looked really, really good. So, it's yeah. good to know that we have him in that, in that same type of role if we need it in the future as well. I think as long as he sits as a six, he's yeah. a great – defensive battle battle yep. ram in the middle of that park to break play up. Um, I think that's like a hundred percent his role in this team. And honestly, mm -hmm. he probably played himself into a spot for the world cup. If I had to take a guess, if I was like a roster for like that backup position in the center of the park. So yeah, I can, I completely agree. He, I, I think he's great in that role. He just scares me a little bit half the time when he's on the ball. I feel like he is turnover much more turnover prone than Adams is and based just on his first touch alone or just his passing ability. But yes, like, if we had to pick a number two center defensive mid for our, our roster right now, I, I feel like he's definitely it. Yeah. If you want to reach even farther out, he hasn't been called in a little while, but James Sands also very good. He's versatile from center, center D to um, uh, center back as well. Hmm. What, um, before we kind of move on to uh, a little bit FA recap, FA cup recap, what, um, John Brooks situation. Hmm. What about any, it? Any thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he didn't get I called can, in two, two, two windows in a row. I think it's, I, I think we explained this on the last uh, podcast. I think it's a bunch of horse shit. I think he is by far the best center back we have. Um, 
and ultimately I understand the first time leaving him out because of form, he wasn't playing the greatest, totally get it. You're sending a message, but he's the type of leader and the type of person you need to have in that team, given his experience in the world cup scoring in a knockout game, having that type of mentality in the champions league. Um, I think he's a, a rock at the end of the day and him at his best is better than I would say miles Robinson or Walker's everybody at their best or their average. Let's just even say that. So who, who would you take as your starting two center backs right now? Me personally, Brooks, and I love either Richards or Robinson, but <laughs> Walk, well, Zimmerman's been playing pretty damn well. Zimmerman's looked extremely, extremely good. Um, <sighs> Tough one, right? Like I, I, yeah. I think in a perfect world right now, you take Brooks as the left-sided center back, and then you take Robinson to cover his for pace. Just that's in, who I was going to say is Robinson. Is, uh, Miles, how good yeah. is Anthony Robinson? Look though in the left back position. Speaking of Robinson, I love him, dude. Oh my god, I love god. him so much. And Ful- Fulham's in first place right now in the championship. They, they should yeah. be coming up this this coming uh, uh, summer again. So I'm really hoping to see them back in the prem. Yeah, I, I think at this moment in time, it, it, you'd have to stick with Zimmerman Robinson. Um, I think you could always go back to Chris Richards if you need to. But outside of that, yeah, I think John Brooks is next on next on that list for sure. I mean, he's he's still my number one. I, I it just shocks me how he's not in the team. But I just, just want to see your guys' opinion on it. Um, we do had some FA Cup games. We're just gonna cover more of the notable ones that kind of happened. Man, you and Leicester bounced early. Defending ch- champions Leicester lost to Nottingham Forest. Thrashed actually, I should say four one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man U lost on penalties to championship side Middlesbrough. Rough week for them all around. They were not in the good, not in good headlines. Um, yeah. Kind of telltale of both of their seasons, I feel like, right? Yeah, for the most part. I think United was definitely the more unfortunate of the two sides. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the game or the the handball that didn't get called off by VAR. Mm-hmm. That was a nightmare for them. Plus, <laughs> well, Ronaldo missed a pen, I think, early in the game. Right? It was missed the 34th a pen, yeah. Or Look, like that what comes around goes around. The whole last year, they got every goddamn every car. Fair, decision. very fair. So I don't want to hear shit about it, all right? Yep. It happens. Deal with it. They should have put that game away when they had the opportunity. Yeah, anyway. they had. They should have had three goals in the opening 40 minutes. It never yeah. should have came to that position. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's and it's, it's not a one-off. We just saw them draw to Burnley today, 1-1, that – now officially made Ronaldo uh, go five games without a goal, I think it is, which is – this is so gross. This is such a disgusting stat that he has – that's his worst goal-scoring drought since 2010, 12 years ago. Five that's games. That's bananas. fucking ridiculous. That's bananas. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely absurd. Um, but, I mean, they, they're squandering so many opportunities. They're, they're still controlling games, it seems like, right? It's just not finding back in the net. Is it due to lack of chances, lack of quality chances, or just no? I don't think it's lack. I don't of think chances. it's a lack of chances, right? It's just no. weird. Rashford's getting up, was getting opportunities during his whole drought, and but just wasn't putting him away. Cavani wasn't scoring. Ronaldo's not scoring now. Martial's gone. Fred can only hit so many bangers. <laughs> he's, he's, he's 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 maxed out. He's maxed he's, he's, out, dude. He hit his quota. <laughs> he's, the, he's done till like twenty twenty four, bro. He's, he's, like, he's, he's, it's gonna be a while. The like checking boxes in his contract. Score one goal, one million dollars. All right, sign me up. <laughs> Hell of a bonus, though. Yeah. <laughs> what about Lester? Um, again, seems to kind of telltale of them. Just inconsistent performances, literally week in, week out at this point. Yeah, I mean, for them in particular, like we said, they're the perfect um, Jekyll and Hyde team. It's just every week you don't know which team you're going to really be getting, and it seems to be on and off with them just in general. Um, Nottingham Forest, though, credit to them. I think they the prior to that Leicester game, they beat Arsenal, right? To that, and then they beat Leicester in I'm the FA positive, Cup. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're they they're can make a run. They're making a serious run, in particular to their right back, Jed Spence. That dude's on fire. Wouldn't be surprised if at some point there's teams and clubs circling around him and he gets some type of call up because he's he's phenomenal also to watch. Yeah, this was a little disappointing for me. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but it drew I was Huttersfield too, so more so disappointed you. with Leicester than any other team because they're – I mean, let's just let's just call it what it is. Their season's done. They're 10th in the table with not enough games to go to, to remotely make a chance given their 26 points for those European spots. So their chance at Silverware this year was this tournament because they got knocked out of the EFL Cup by Liverpool in, uh, in this, the quarterfinals. And they 
they just showed well, up. They're, like, they're still in the Europa League right now. I'm pretty sure, aren't they? No, they got bounced. Second, I'll look it up. They, I think they finished third in the Europa League. But anyway, I, I don't know. I just figured they would come out a little. Barcelona's in Europa League. I yeah, I that. It's so freaking weird to look at. I just figured they would come out a little less lethargic against the team that they should have rolled over. I wanted to see a bit more from them, but it is what it is. Vito is correct. They came in third. They, they were two points off the uh, now. Yeah. So that was, this was it for them. So I, I'm curious if that if it's just like a morale thing at this point or if it's motivation. I mean, apparently Brendan Rodgers is in the hot seat, but reports coming out today were saying that Lester's firmly behind him. What do you guys think about that managerial he, role at this point? I think he's been unlucky with injuries this year because I know they're missing. Um, I'm, I'm going to totally forget his name, but the center back who like tore his ACL earlier in this year. Um, from like in a preseason game, who was one of the uh, Fofana, Wesley Fofana. Fofana. Yeah. yeah, and he was a revelation for them last year. They're missing him. They're missed. They're, they just got back. Uh, their left wing back. I can't remember his name. It's like, like Simpson it's or Stagnet. not because or him as well, but um, it's like James Justice or Simpson or something along those lines. But they've had injuries to deal with throughout the year, and I, I wouldn't necessarily put the whole blame on Brendan Rodgers in particular. It obviously hasn't been a season that's gone his way, but. I think you obviously have to start asking questions now because they're sitting in 10th. Like, where do they really want to go? And they can probably push for Europe if they really put a run together, but um, I don't see there being a reason to fire him before the end of the season. I I wouldn't, I'd let it play out at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No, plenty of time to turn it around. I agree. I don't, I don't think at the end of the season would be the smart call for that at all, but I think at the, at the end of the season, they're probably going to have to talk. Yes. Um, do you think that because I mean every team at this point is dealing with COVID and injuries issues? Do you guys think it's more of a the club issue for not bringing in necessary reinforcements? Because this isn't a new issue. We've we've seen this now. This is now the third year in a row Leicester have had this issue. In the previous two, they were on they were on track for top four. Now they're not. Or is this a Brendan Rodgers issue? Because they've both been there the same amount of time. Well, I'd say they brought they, in some. Didn't they bring? They, in they brought, like they they had, brought they in some people. Daca, they brought they in had Vest, Vestergaard. Vestergaard. Yeah. Um, and somebody else in the midfield too. They did they, it's not like they went out and like did nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't pull Burnley. <laughs> I see yeah, that there. They they actually made some moves over the summer. And so they didn't do anything in the January window to my knowledge. But um over the summer, they they it wasn't like they were quiet at all. So yeah. Moving on, we had two top teams escape barely. Uh, West Ham had Declan Rice play savior as he scored in the 90th minute to tie it up to send it to extra time where they ended up getting the game-winning goal by Jared uh, Bowen, I think, in the 120th as well, 122nd. It was very late on. They took down sixth-tier side Kidder, Kidderminster Harriers. Um, and then Chelsea escaped against Plymouth Argyle. Kepa played hero again with a penalty save in the second half of extra time for a 2-1 victory. Vito smiling over there. That's the most British name I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> the Kidderminster <laughs> Harriers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Ted Lasso coach there. <laughs> Yo, I don't know. I hope they have a goldfish worth of memory. I though, that has a painful loss. <laughs> um, and it kind of feels like both these guys seasons as well right now. I mean, a little up and down in form constantly kind of escaping and just barely hanging on to like where they are in the table and like, you see where they're mixing or lacking some type of critical attacking threat at the same time. Um, but I mean, they got through somehow one way or another, it, not pretty guess the results. I guess we'd say that about the USA all the time, right? Three points and one, nothing victory. And it's good. Yeah. Is Keppa back? No. Is the resurgence of Keppa? No, dude, he's the penalty master. It's it master. I would literally sub would him you, on. Would, for you, a penalty would you rather have Keppa or Donnarumma? Say penalty, and like, Kepa. I'm taking yeah. a penalty. Yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. are crazy. Donnarumma's. I didn't sad. know snakes had hands. That's my whole problem. <laughs> oh, we <laughs> oh, went there. Oh, <laughs> listen, I'll pick Kepa every single time. That man literally told his manager to go f off. I'm staying on the field. I was you at know, that you, game. That was you, know, incredible. you don't have a bigger sack than that. That was the. I, I'm so happy that of all. I, I'm sad Chelsea lost that match, but of all games I could have possibly gone to. I'm happy that that was it. <laughs> I'm happy. 
Yeah, that's uh, yeah. How, how you ended up at that one out of any time being over in Europe. That's amazing. Yeah, the whole stadium must have smelled like smoke after that. Sorry, just ripping cigs on the side. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even see his skin. It was just 42 nicotine patches. <laughs> Still didn't work. Yeah. Uh, and then before that, or just one last shout out, National League side, Borham Wood, who took down Bournemouth uh, away from home. It's the last 16. So we do have one national team or national league side uh, left in the competition. Would have been two if Kidderminster Harriers, the most British team in the UK, made it, but they did not, unfortunately, um, due to West Ham's late heroics. We have Love some league action, story. though. What's up? Love a good Cinderella story. Hey, see what they got. They actually they didn't draw. I don't think they drew a top tier team either. Actually, um, that would be great. Who do they have? I lied. Everton, but yeah, really not top. Okay, team. so not yeah, top tier team. Not, yeah. <laughs> they, they have a chance. They have a chance. <laughs> Watch Frank Lampard has his team show up for one game all year, and then has to be that one. That'd be so brutal. Uh, Could have set that one up better. Uh, we got some Premier League. Uh, games coming up. We already had some today as well. We kind of talked about them slightly, but some big ones to kind of touch upon Liverpool versus Leicester Salah back in training already. And um, I think he plays that, that quick back though. When they, when they have that match Monday or the Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Salah was back in training two days after the AFCON final on Sunday. So he was back today. Okay. Yeah. So he's, I mean, I expect him to be ready. Yeah, I, honestly, I would if I were in his shoes too. I would want to play the next game as soon as possible and get yeah. that memory out of my head. So I'm, if he's ready for it physically, I'm totally supportive of it. So yeah, especially maybe because Monty's probably not going to be there after celebrations. Yeah, maybe maybe that's a game. You know, Salah plays on the right, and you get to see Luis Diaz on the left and see what that trio kind of looks mm-hmm. like with him, Jota, Salah. I mean, that's a good game for them to kind of get some get some reps together you could say and yeah oh. I, don't, yeah, be- I don't know if i see a full 90 out of them maybe like either 60 minute 45 minute game or it comes on in the second half something along those lines yeah because you got no break during afcon whatsoever I mean, it's a good yeah. rivalry right now too with uh these two teams i mean liverpool knocked out lester like i said before and then lester immediately in the next game they played was against liverpool again and beat them 1-0 in the premier league mm-hmm. um i mean as bad as lester have seemed this year at times they're a tricky team to come up against, and Liverpool are going to have to be careful if they want to stay in the look, title race. Look, Leicester just suffered their exactly their four one loss. You know yep. what that means? It means they are coming back with a vengeance. Yo, five two win right here. <laughs> this is a win for Leicester. You have to have it. Vardy party, Project <laughs> X style. <laughs> Jesus, that's excessive. Yeah. What's um Mike's Mike's boy though? Uh, Daka, he's actually been on, especially when Vardy was out for mm-hmm. a while. He was um he was kind of tearing it up for them a little bit. I'm not going to say a passing of the guard just yet because Vardy's still obviously on the, on the roster, but um, they are, they're going to have some questions. I don't know what his contract's looking like, but they'll have some questions this offseason and what they want to do moving forward if they want to offload him and let, and let Daka take the reins. I think yeah. Daka is, and I've been saying this, I think he long-term is going to be the successor. Obviously, that's why they brought him in, but I don't think he's ready just yet to take those reins. I think he, let him finish out that season, let him learn under Vardy, and then I th- honestly think of – if Leicester were smart, maybe you sell Vardy to like a lower tier or lower level, you could say, team in the Premier League who are willing to pay the cash for him right now. Um, and then you could use that to reinvest in an area you need. Because I do think Daka and Ineachio combined together, that's it's a pretty deadly attack right there. Yeah, I agree. They, they do typically play two striker fronts under, under Rodgers too, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, so you kind of you do kind of need that third starter though, just in case of injuries and stuff. So um, that'll be interesting to see what they would do with the funds if they were to do that. Also on Thursday, Wolves versus Arsenal, definitely a big clash right now. Arsenal are hanging on to actually they dropped down a little bit, right? They're back in sixth. Back in yeah. sixth. So they have a lot of games in hand. Yeah, Wolves had the same actually. amount of games in hand. They do. Yeah, Ooh, big Europa League clash. If not, uh, I guess for Arsenal, even top four chances right now. Yeah, objectively speaking, too, Wolves are the most difficult. They still have to play Wolves twice this season. They haven't played them in the Premier League yet. Really? Yeah, they have. They play them. They play them twice towards the end of the season. Wow, um, this is going to be a big game. Though. This is actually a massive game. For them. Exactly. They play them, especially they play them both times in February. They play them this week and then two weeks later. Yeah, especially considering Wolves are going to be the most, objectively speaking, the most difficult opponents that Arsenal have for the rest of the year at the t- at the moment because Chelsea match that was supposed to be this upcoming weekend is canceled. Do the Club World Cup, 
And then they just had Liverpool at the end of February, which was canceled because of the Carabao Cup final. So these matches against the Wolves are, are huge for both these teams if they want to get in the top four. Like if either of these teams pulls the double, they're in basically at that point. They're in, they're in striking distance. So Wolves have been on an absolute tear lately, not against necessarily the highest quality of opponents, but they did take down some pretty good teams, if not drew against them. Yeah. Um, they got cooled off this past uh, weekend in the FA Cup and they ended up actually losing to Norwich 1-0. But um, before that, won against Brentford, went against Southampton, Sheffield United in the FA, uh, went a one nothing win against Man U, drew with Chelsea, beat Brighton, lost to Man City. That was their last loss back on December 11th before then, and then Liverpool as well uh, game. Here's their upcoming schedule, though. And this is going to be a telltale sign for probably for their season right here. Home to Arsenal, away to Tottenham, home to Leicester, away to Arsenal, away to West Ham. That's their next five. Oof. Brutal. Gauntlet. Does not, like, everyone literally right next to them in the table. I still think they could pick up three wins out of those five. They're capable of beating West Ham. They're capable of taking one or two, one game off Arsenal. And they're capable of beating Leicester. And honestly, they could probably even get more points than that. I'm assuming everything goes right, but it's not like I don't, it's not that I don't think they don't have the ability to take those matches. You know what I'm saying? They don't have any other games, though, correct? Like no other cup games, nothing. Like it's just these one off games. Of everything now. I mean, they should be hypothetically well rested for these games, have the yeah. players they want in. I mean, there's every opportunity to what Vito is saying that they could come in and really make some noise in the top six realistically mm-hmm. so do you think I, I i would say last year way more than than this year the departure of adam triore or adama triore um to barca do we think that has any effect on them moving forward on the attack because he really I, wasn't getting I, honestly no time. because he never i mean that's not that he never but bruno large wasn't really using him it wasn't really playing him to be honest and i feel like that he doesn't want the team to be reliant on him to just make those type of chaotic runs on the right or through the middle where it pulls people out of the way, similar to how Conte, for instance, doesn't want people to, to – he wants them to stick to, like, that game plan and that strategy. I, I think Bruno Large is that same type of tactician in that sense. And I think Adama just doesn't fit tactically with what they want to do. And, you know, Wolves saw the opportunity to sell him, and they made the choice. And I think it's probably the right move for both player and the club, realistically. So, in that sense. Is there any type of buyback clause or that Barcelona had one for him specifically? I forget. I don't, I don't know. I don't think that Wolves have a buyback for that. I can't imagine Barcelona allowing that. Maybe it was Barca then. Um, right, because he came through the academy originally. It was probably first refusal or something along those lines. Yeah, I, I forget. I, I could have sworn there's something. I, I could be wrong at the same time. I'm not, not, not 100% on that one. What um, th- Thoughts about Arsenal, though. Obviously, we know the biggest thing about them right now is they, they're missing their number nine. Uh, obviously, Aubameyang just left, went to Barcelona as well. Um, Lacazette really hasn't shown much this season, I would say. He's kind of been on the decline as well. What um, What's it going to take for them to pull out? Or I'll say this, do you think top four is realistic? If not, can they, can they maintain their spot in Europe? I think they maintain their spot in Europe, but I don't think the top four is realistic, given the fact, unless Lacazette really starts to turn it up, right? I mean, like similar, 2017 form out of nowhere or something. I mean, like similar to the games they have right coming up. So they have that Wolves Arsenal game. They have that Chelsea Arsenal game. They have to play Brentford, who now have Christian Eriksen. So we'll see what that entails. Wolves Arsenal again, Arsenal Liverpool, right? And then they play Leicester in March. Those are a lot of games right there that you don't know, especially with a striker lacking what might potentially come out of it. So Similar to Wolves' story that we were just talking about, it's going to be a very telltale sign of whether season shakes out over these next five games at the end of the day. I I think it's going to come down to their character. We're going to learn a lot about this young Arteta team over those next couple games. I mean, this is crunch time of the business end of the season. They've had so many breakout players this year, but so many of them are incredibly young and early in their careers that – they don't have the experience at this stage of the game at this point in the season yet. So we're going to see a lot about Arteta, the way he's able to motivate these guys and to get them, get them firing because they really need, they need to turn it around from where they've looked the last couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm most interested, most interested to see their character. Gotcha. I mean, Arteta out, I mean, I was on Twitter for, I can't even tell you how long at this point um, up until I guess the last, you know, couple months of the season, this is probably 
at least for me, the most secure I feel like his job has been in a very long time. Yes, 100%. And Absolutely. I don't see any Ever. reason, right? Probably, right? Ever. Like, I, it, it feels like that. But now they have everything kind of going for them besides the striker position, right? They have, like, you guys all just mentioned it, great young core. He's been actually coaching, coaching extremely well lately. Um, I'm not going to say they're on the level of anywhere near Man City or Liverpool, but they, they feel like they're on the up and up again rather than the Arsenal of the last, like, what three years though, just steadily declining? Mm-hmm. Probably five, yeah. six years, maybe even at this point. I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, I'm old. I'm just saying. I, I don't know. To me, it, it kind of feels like um, the way Arsenal spend over the last what ten years or so. Let's say the type of players that they've been trying to manufacture and bring through the through the ranks, they're starting to seem to me more of like a a Dortmund, where they're just put they're just getting these young guys and turning them into unbelievable talents or just progressing them forward. They're not, they're not buying up star power anymore, which is, you know, something personally, I don't know about you guys. I love to see like oh, yeah. my fa- I, Dortmund, the way Dortmund operate, the way IX operate. I think I wish every club in the world could op- could operate like that. And Arsenal are proving it's successful at the moment. Um, yeah, you're right. There's so many questions about Arteta, but I, I disagree with Mike's, earlier assessment i think they could go and have that fourth spot for europe i i think it's i think they can there's a lose how like how if you don't have a striker who's performing day in day out for them city don't have a striker chelsea city city for years (laughs) chelsea Chelsea haven't had a push striker in four years i i just think the way the rest of the teams are around them playing everyone seems to be allergic to that fourth spot no one wants to lock it out west ham obviously don't manchester united obviously don't Tottenham have so many games in hand to play still that I think too early to make that, that prediction on, although obviously they're the other favorite. Um, so I, I still think it's there for them to play for. I'm not saying it's there isn't there to play for. I'm just saying, given the teams surrounding them in the table, I'm not sure they're going to have the quality and the experience to put themselves Mike's, in that position. I, I get what you're saying. I'm just not picking them over the other people around them. That's, that's yeah, I misspoke. I, I, I don't know. I, I rate them a higher chance, I guess what I'm saying, is than I think what a lot of people are giving them. Interesting. Yeah. Newcastle first, Arsenal second. <laughs> <laughs> After today's three one three uh three one win. Sky's the limit for him, baby. Uh, another big game we had this weekend. We already kind of mentioned it a little bit, but Spurs versus Wolves. Um, we already covered Wolves, so let's just kind of head right into Tottenham. What are we feeling, Mike? Yeah, some obviously you got some people out of the window. We touched on that prior, but in the other episode, but I think this game in particular for Spurs is going to be a – obviously, they have a couple games at hand, but this game will be pretty big for them. Um, if they can get a win here, put themselves a little bit of breathing room uh, versus Wolves, who are directly below them right now, um, and then you know potentially leapfrog Arsenal, potentially get closer to Man U or even get closer to Arsenal, depending on results and whatnot. Um, I think it's going to show a lot of the character that Conte has instilled and in, – you know, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm not, I'm still skeptical as a Tottenham fan and I have to be <laughs> stay optimistic, but um, we'll see. Maybe we can add another thing to the trophy cabinet. Just got to fourth place and <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> that banner, baby. Speaking of, speaking of Tottenham trophies in fourth place, did you see what Arsenal did to them on their, their team store a yeah, couple of days ago? It was pretty fucked up. Let's not bring <laughs> it up. Steve, did you see this? No. Arsenal, would it, if you go to the Arsenal um, shop on the webpage, if you don't have anything in the cart and you click the cart, and it's, it tells you, um, sorry, you have nothing in your cart, just like Tottenham's trophy cabinet. <laughs> you have less in your cart than Tottenham's <laughs> trophy cabinet. <laughs> that was brutal. That, that was a nice piece of banter, though, at least. I, I respect it. A little far, but I respect it. <laughs> banter nonetheless. I think it was actually dead perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, Mike. That's okay. Spurs got an uphill battle, but I think Conte in place, the signings they got, well, I, I'm pretty confident that honestly they'll get to fifth or fourth at the end of the, by the when it's all said and done. So yeah, I would I probably pick them as is Harry Kane healthy. Very. He's playing actually. This is the best he's played all season. Honestly, he could he could easily carry you back into the top for him and son. He's healthy and playing well. Sun just came back. Romero is now back. Davinson Sanchez, the human walking error, is playing well. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I don't know. This guy's literally working 
fucking miracles, to be honest. All right. Yeah, that's Antonio Conte for you. So we'll see. Emerson Royale scored a goddamn goal. All right. Like it's <laughs> it's wild. All We're right? on the up over there. North London, <laughs> baby. I honestly I, I think. If you're telling me if I had to pick a team, I I think I don't know if it's the games in hand that that's why I'm kind of thinking of of it like that. But I would probably pick them to finish fourth as of right now. I mean, you look at Man U's woes. Well, that pay, I'm just saying issues. that pays me to say. So like, get like enjoy it. Yeah, I don't know if West Ham have the depth, honestly. So they don't. I, I don't think so either. I don't think so. And so there's I don't know what it is, but something is. I feel like there's just something missing from them this year than the previous two seasons. I don't know what it is. Uh, one of the last big games, we already kind of brought up West Ham real quick, but Leicester hosting West Ham. Um, you know, we touched upon Leicester in their Jacqueline High season, as Mike likes to call it. What? Let's go in a little bit more detail about West Ham. What's what's the what's the the download on them? I mean, I, I I can't get a feel for them this year. Depth, straight up depth. I think the competitions have hurt them. The all they've been playing in. Obviously, they want to be in Europe as every team does, but all those extra games on those legs has really taken a toll on that team. Uh, granted they're in fourth place as of right now. I do not think that's where they will end this season, to be honest. So we'll see what Moyes is able to get out of that team. But um, I think that's kind of the issue to be honest, because they made good signings, Steve, then your boy, Ben Rama balling, Jared Bowen balling. Right. Um, I think it's just going to come down to them having the fresh legs. Yeah, I, 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 part of me feels a little bit of the issues in that striker department too. Top scorer right now, Mikel Antonio with eight goals. But, I mean, the guy had, what, four goals in the opening, like, three matches. He's He scored one in eight games in all competitions, including internationals. Um, and maybe, I think it's like three in his last 15 almost. Was that that banger against the U.S. he put away you're talking about? No, he had one against <laughs> Panama uh, at the end of or January. Panama. Yeah, no, that was that was that was previous. <laughs> but I mean, he, he's playing 90 minutes in every game and the goals just kind of dried up for him a little bit. I don't know if it's a matter of service because they have a lot of quality through that the middle of the park there and out in the wings to provide service to him. Um, but clearly the goals aren't aren't flowing through for them as, as they have in the past. And I think that's where they're losing a lot of uh, a lot of their steam heading in towards the business end of the season. I mean, they really only made. I would consider, I guess, three notable signings during the summer. You had Kurt Zuma. You had uh, that's another um, issue. On a side note, yeah, who might uh, yeah. be suspended now? Yeah, I didn't see the video or anything, but I just heard about he, it. He I didn't want to watch up, it. He's he's straight up punted a cat. Yeah, it's really? fucked up. Yeah, it was pretty fucked. Was it just like rambling in the street after like a night out? Or no, was it, it was like in, in, in his apartment. In his apartment. Yeah, it was his cat. Then who? What? Which one of his boys films that and posts it? What did he, he had? There was apparently like a little kid running around that was holding the cat too, and he smacked the cat in the face right out of the kid's arms. Yeah, it was, was fucked like, up. It was like straight animal abuse. Yeah. Good to know. Good guy. Um. Anyway, not, notable signings: uh, Zuma, the cat beater, um, Nikola Nikola Vas, Vlasic. I. I'm just not going to bother with that one. <laughs> um, attacking midfielder came over from CS, CSK, Mo, uh, Moscow. He's actually a pretty good attacker um, from Croatia. And um, Craig Dawson, I mean, from Watford, notable, I guess. But been playing well for them this year, actually. He's been pretty good defensively. No, it, no, it definitely has been. It's just their biggest thing was, like, they need to bulk up the squad. Like, they knew they were going into Europa League, and they just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a weird one for me. So, like, you didn't fix the the one issue you had of why you dropped out of the top four, and then you're still hovering there. Like, you're like, I feel like you're right there, and yet you're not trying. I mean, you're definitely trying. It's just, you're not. Just it just feels the like they didn't make they didn't make any meaningful additions to improve their squad. It felt like too, like so many of these other clubs went out and picked up players to push them farther. It just feels to me that West Ham are the same team they were last year which is dangerous in the Premier League when you have teams investing. When I think, what was it? We were just saying earlier, out of the 20 teams with the highest net spend, like almost half of them were Premier League teams, if not more. And Look, they weren't I've, I've heard that. I've heard that and seen that story before when a certain coach had a certain team and they spent $0 over two transfer windows. <laughs> and then he got fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After a Champions League final. 
I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Never heard of that in my life. Nope, not one bit. Hey, I'm just all I'm saying is Chelsea had a two year or a, a pretty long transfer ban, and then we came out Champions League winners. But yeah, we also spent like $200 million. Uh, that's the big one. <laughs> yeah, but I know it's, it's a big match for them. There's a lot of, a lot of really important matches uh, this weekend that are going to start really, really shaping the top half of that table because teams are starting to catch up with matches. So I think after the next like week and a half, two weeks or so, once these teams are officially kind of back towards the same amount of matches played, we're going to have a better idea of where everything shakes out. But uh, I think until Tottenham and Arsenal play those matches that they got to catch up on, it's going to, it's a little tough right now to really make that determination of who's going to end up where, you know? Yeah. And then you got Burnley at the bottom as well. Um, we kind of, I don't know if we, t- I know we touched on pre podcast. I don't know if we touched on it during it, but Newcastle's win today actually spurred them out of the, out of the relegation zone. They, uh, Swapped with Norwich. How um, I think that affects everything because obviously they had a relatively large <laughs> transfer they're, window. They're, they're putting up the Tyreek Hill peace out. See ya. <laughs> they're going oh undefeated, God. finishing top four. It's just, it's just it. Just eighteen straight games where they have left. Just, yeah. just going all the way. I think the three teams down there right now are they're going to be the three that go down and probably in that order: Norwich, Watford, Burnley. I, I know Burnley have those two games in hand. We were talking about, but. It's not going to be enough. Totally agree. Just I think I think the way Newcastle spent money in the January transfer window, they literally bought themselves out of relegation. Mm-hmm. So I, I I can't see a way out of it at this point for them or for the other teams, I should say. And it's not even about those bottom three teams, in my opinion, not performing. It's the fact that I don't see any of those teams above them playing bad enough in the last what for one quarter of the season to go down that far. So my next one was going to, uh, next question going to be Everton is the only other team underneath 20 points right now. Obviously they brought in Frankie Lampard, uh, Vanderbeek, Ali, anybody else. Another thing that one might want to transfer Sonny. There was like fine. somebody from like Ukraine or Russia or something. I, can't, I don't remember his name, but and yeah, it, it just feels like they're so talented to be down, like just to be down there, but granted they still are. And you're talking 21 games to a season over more than halfway. So they're down there for a reason. Yeah, I, I Could, still don't think they're going to go down. It's a three. It's a three point differential between them and Norwich. Four for Watford and five for Burnley. It's not out of the question, but it's tough to argue with Vito. Those three do seem the most likely I, to have any. I can't. Now. I can't fathom a scenario with Everton's talent and the quality of the players they have that they will sink to that that low that fast. I, I just I, can't see it happening. I honestly. think it'd be more likely at Brentford at twenty three points to not pick up many more for the rest of the season than for Everton or Leeds to finish down that down there at the table. I was about to say, I think Southampton might be another one because James Ward possibly put them on his back right now. If he gets injured or for whatever reason tanks in form a little bit. Yeah. Potentially. I mean, they could, they could go, I mean, how, how'd they end last season? Didn't they have like eight straight they, loss or something like that? Or it was something ridiculous. They scraped by, they finished like just near the relegation zone, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And they were mid table and above for like quite, quite a bit of time. So nothing's guaranteed in the Premier League, boys. Yep. Still a good handful of games left, though. Still 16 games or so for the most part. Yeah, depending on what team you are. Yeah. <laughs> Any other kind of final thoughts? Nada, man. Just happy to have Premier League back again. Michael? Uh, come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Fourth place. It's ours, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> I shouldn't have even asked. That'll do it for this episode of the Sunday League Streamers podcast. Like, comment, and hit the bell. Subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also, give us a follow on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod. For daily tweets about this, the show, world football in general, and the United States men's national team. I'm your host, Steve, with Mike and Vito, signing off.